0: Today's reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, and I'm beginning at verse 40. Matthew, chapter 10, beginning at verse 40. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet. As a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Victoria. Morning, folks. You can do better than that, can't you? Come on. Um, I want to speak to you this morning about welcome. And um, in case you haven't seen it, if you go to our website, our website says welcome to your local church in Broadwater, which is a good thing to say. And I checked on my old parish's website, and it said, welcome to St. Mary's. And actually, in my day job working for the diocese, I spent a lot of time looking at websites and um, clergy profiles for jobs. And invariably, the church is described as warm, welcoming, please come in, We'd love to have you along. No church I have come across in my job has ever described themselves as cold, unfriendly, um, clique, um, and please leave us alone because we like what we do here and we don't want visitors. Nobody has actually put that on their website as far as I know. If you spot one of those, please tell me because I should go and talk to them. Um, As most of you know, I spend most of my Sundays in, in foreign churches across the diocese. And um, the welcome I get as the visiting preacher um, tells me an awful lot about what's going on in that church. Um, Sometimes I'm greeted at the door and say, oh, you're preaching today. Yeah, that's great. And sometimes I get out to preach and they say, oh, there's a visitor in our pulpit. What's he doing there? So it can be slightly worrying. Um, The reading we have today, the last bit of, of Matthew 10, is all about welcome but, and I, I, I've apologized to Andrew, I wasn't here last week, so I didn't hear his preach on the beginning part of chapter 10. But, chapter 10 itself is all about discipleship. And verses 1 to 4 is Jesus calling the disciples to, um, to be disciples. And you can imagine they're going, ah, in crowd. You know, we've been selected, we are the special ones. And then verses 5 to 38, Jesus talks a lot about what it means to be a disciple. And at the end of that, they're going, oh, help, I'm not really up for this. It's really tricky. If you read those verses 5 to 38, you'll see that discipleship is not just a bowl of cherries, but lots and lots of things that Jesus is telling his his inner circle what's uh, going to be coming. Uh, There are going to be challenges, there are going to be issues and it's not going to be a bowl of cherries. And then coming to verses 40 to 42, um, we have what Victoria read to us about welcome. And the point is that Jesus in this chapter, chapter 10, puts welcome in the middle of discipleship. Welcome is a really important part of us of being followers of Jesus. And therefore, at the end of this long Um, Passage. this long discourse about what it means to be a disciple, he then has this bit about welcome. We are to be welcoming because we are disciples of Jesus. If I just give you uh, verse 40 again, it says, Truly I tell you this, whatever you did for one of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. That is actually verse 40 in Matthew 25. Jesus comes back again and again to tell us that actually welcome is something we receive which is what he was talking about in chapter 10, but something also that we are to give, and that we get in Matthew 25 and verse 40. We are all, if we are followers of Jesus, to be welcoming. If we then go into the letters of Paul, we know that we, as disciples we're all called to do lots of stuff together. But some of us are actually called particularly to do... Hello there. There's a welcome down here, trust me, it's good. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul tells us that we're all part of the body, we all play a part. And in other parts of one, first and second Corinthians, Paul tells us that we are actually equipped by the Holy Spirit, some of us, to do particular things. I happen, because I'm ordained, be allowed to to preach from time to time. Some of us are called to do that, some of us are called to do other things. We're all called to be... Um, hospitable, and welcoming. But actually, some of us are particularly equipped for that. Um, I haven't told Jenny I'm going to tell this story. There we go. Um, it's not about Jenny. It's about my my um, sister-in-law. Um, we were doing the coronation um, gig in Grove Road. And our family got together, our extended family got together. I'm a natural introvert, and so is Jenny. So we're very happy in our little nuclear area. Okay. SJ, my sister-in-law seeks out people, new people, and goes, hi, I don't know you. Who are you? Tell me about And she comes back to our table and describes all her neighbors to us because she's engaged in that sort of welcome and involvement, really, really important thing. We have to value the spiritual gift of welcome, and sometimes that is just making really good coffee, really good tea, baking cakes, and putting the biscuits out. If you get to hear Bishop Ruth, Bishop Ruth used to be um, the minister in the church won along from us when we were in, in Guildford. And uh, Bishop Ruth tells a story about the green bowl. And she said, in a parish ministry, it took her a year to get rid of the green bowl. And the green bowl was something that sat there at the refreshment table and you're expected to put your 10p in before you got your cup of pretty weak Nescafe. I mean, it was pretty ropey. And she said she had to spend a year building the idea that hospitality and welcome, good coffee, good tea, nice cakes for free because we want to be welcoming and inclusive was really important. The green bowl disappeared and hopefully the giving in the congregation went up to match the cost of of really good quality coffee. We're called to be welcoming and hospitable. Some of us are especially equipped to do that. So I'm gonna do something that's kind of spooky. Are you on the, if you're on the welcome team, will you stand for me? Come on, don't be, cut, thank you, come on, if you're on, any part of the welcome team, if you can stand. More Well done, thank you. If you're on the, hosp- yeah, keep up, come on, come on. If you're on the hospitality team, if you're doing drinks and things, would you stand as well, please? Because I want to pray for you. Is that our lot? Come on, there we go. I, I'm going to pray for more people to be welcomers. <laughs> And uh, I just want to pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the gift that you have given to these individuals in welcome and in hospitality. We thank you for their spiritual gifting. We thank you for pouring out your spirit on them to make them hospitable and welcoming. And we pray that that will be the hallmark of this church here, because it proclaims Jesus. Amen. Do you want to give them a round of applause? I think they deserve that. The fact I've, I've identified particular people with particular gifting is not a get-out clause. Hear me, okay? It's not a get-out clause for anybody else, but that it's recognizing that some of us are particularly gifted in welcome. Going to Matthew 25, 40, which is the, if you know your Bible, it's the sheep and the goats, and Jesus has this long discourse about meeting people where they are at. And it points really that that Jesus says if you are welcoming people will see me. Our welcome points to Jesus and if our welcome is not welcoming, it points out the door and to somewhere else. It doesn't point to Jesus. Our welcome is crucial for people to come to know and love and trust our Lord Jesus. It's often said that we have to believe to belong and a lot of churches work on this Um, get yourself figured out, find Jesus, do Alpha, get your Bible study done, and then come and join us. But actually, the biblical model, the Jesus model, is come along. Jesus' invitation wasn't get your scripture fixed. It's come and see. Come and see what's going on and draw your own conclusions. Come and see what's going on. Our call isn't to believe so you can belong, it's to belong, so that in that belonging, you will find Jesus. That's why Alpha revolves around... Who's done Alpha here? Yes. Alpha revolves around food and Jesus. In, I, I think I'm right in saying this. I haven't checked my figures and facts, but don't quote me. I think in Luke's, Luke's gospel, I think all of Jesus' teaching is in the context of a meal, either to his disciples or in the context of a discourse or a discussion with people that are opposing him. I think all of his teaching takes place in the context of a meal or social intercourse. If it's good enough for Jesus, I believe it should be good enough for us, which is why Alpha works so well. The biggest journey in a Christian discipleship course is the step over the threshold. Because what we do in here for people that are de churched and unchurched is bonkers. And to expect people to really understand what's going on when they come through that door without any form of instruction or welcome is silly. They are making a step, that is a huge step to come across the threshold of a church because you're coming into a completely unknown environment. And that can be frightening. It's a daunting prospect for all. If they come in and get a welcome, our hope and our prayer is they'll see Jesus through our welcome and through our hospitality. And we're called to meet people where they are. It's very easy to assume people know what's going on. It's very easy to assume we know what their needs are. Jesus, in this context, talks in both Matthew 10 and Matthew 25 about giving and receiving a cold cup of water. In the context of a hot Middle Eastern day, that makes a lot of sense. I was reflecting on Jen and I perhaps being around in winter. The last thing we wanted a cold cup of water, we want a cup of tea. Come on. Um, it's, it's understanding what the need is. And perhaps our, on a cold winter's day, our need is a cup of tea, not a cup of water. But the, the message of Jesus is the same, that we are welcoming because we offer something where people are at. I, um, I once stopped a service. I'm going to, confession time. I was doing a, a trad service in one of my uh, curacy churches. And um, we had the habit of saying, well, you take the red book and we're on page whatever. Okay? It took me with a a couple that came in for their bands to be read. We had three books. We had a Bible, we had a prayer book, and we had a hymn book, and they're all read. And they were going, (laughs) which one of these three are we talking about? I stopped the service, walked up to them and said, can I help you? And the two people of my regular congregation next to them were going, oh, help, I should have done that because it was part of the welcome. You can't assume that people know something. Um, I had a fantastic guy called Trevor who was on Alpha with Jenny and I in uh, one of our parishes. Trevor found Jesus spectacularly at Alpha. He was on fire for Jesus. Cracking guy, super wonderful guy. He came into church, and uh, we gave out the Bible reading, so we got the Bible out, and so it's on page seven, I think, probably. We were preaching on Matthew, he was in Genesis. <laughs> Why? Because nobody figured out our Bible had one to something in the Old Testament and one to something in the New Testament. Just assuming that people can figure this out without helping them is um, a real um, really problem. We come at their point of need. Um, both East Dean, Frist, and Germany was where I did my curacy. We were the last church before Beachy Head. Okay? You know what Beachy Head is famous for. It's not a good place. We kept the church open and lit and heated. And we know from our visitor's book that some people found that passive welcome hugely important in their journey not to go to Beachy Head. What is that welcome worth? It's saving lives. We had in our, in our parish in Fetchum, We had a similar situation. We we were fortunate we could keep the door open and the lights on. We had people with mental health issues that came in and said, thank you, this was a safe place where I could sit. That's a passive welcome, but it's a welcome all the same. It's really, really important. We want to be a welcoming place. We want our welcome to show people that we follow Jesus. It's part of our discipleship. And we must meet people in our welcome where they are. The only assumption we should make is we make no assumptions. I think that's really important. Um, where do we go? Well, it, 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 it's tricky, isn't it? It, it? If you're not naturally welcoming, or you find it tricky, or you're, like me, a natural introvert, it's really, really tricky. Partic- particularly if we end up trying to find people we're welcoming who are like us. Yeah, we're going to try and focus on people that we like, people we know. It is very easy, we're going to do the piece in just about 30 seconds, to turn to people we know and say, nice to see you again, I see you again. Um, It can take sometimes quite a mm mm-mm to actually step out and say, hi, I don't know you. You can go to somebody new to you and say, hello, are you new at church? You might get two reactions. One is yes, thank you for saying hello, or I've been coming for 25 years. Don't be embarrassed. Just bless them and say, great, you've been coming here for 25 years. God bless you. Thank you for that ministry here. Because actually sometimes we just will miss people and it's very easy for people to be missed in that. Welcome is important. Our welcome shows people Jesus. And in doing so, we meet people where they are Because that's what Jesus' model was. He never, ever said, you've got to be this, this, and this, and this, and then I'll talk to you. Where, Where are you at the moment? And Jesus will meet you there. The challenge from Jesus is to get our welcome right. The promise from Jesus is truly, I tell you, that person, that's you and I, will certainly not lose their reward. This is part and parcel of following Jesus. I would pray for all of us that we live that tagline on our website. If it says it on the website, it must be true. Welcome to your local church in Broadwater. I pray that's a truth and not just marketing speak, amen. We're going to move in uh, to the peace uh, before we come to communion. Um, I'll give you some stage directions for communion. Um, we're going to have bread and wine here. We're going to have bread and wine at the back. If you want gluten-free or alcohol-free, it'll be here and not there. And just tell us that we'll be doing communion at this end. Uh, that's what you want. That would be fine. We have a broad water open table. If you regularly take communion in whatever context, if you know and love Jesus... You are welcome at this table because this is where we have fellowship. And it's our fellowship around communion that we share that helps us and enables us to have the welcome we give to those people out there that don't know Jesus yet. So we're going to share the piece. I encourage you, if you find of you don't know, say, hi, I don't know you. Are you new? 25 years service here means you could bless them. If they're only here for 25 minutes, just welcome them and tell them there's decent tea and coffee and they don't have to pay. All right? I think that's all right. We'll pay. Would you stand? And so the peace of the Lord be always with you. Amen. Go and talk to somebody. Okay, you've got fifteen seconds left and counting. Hopefully. If you can find your seats again, that would be great. Do find your seats, that would be super. We're going to move into our time of confession. When we come to communion, it's really important uh, that we get ourselves straight with God before we come and take the elements of communion. Um, I've been talking to our friends at the desk at the back. I'm not certain which one we're going to have. But whatever comes up, we're going to use, all right? <laughs> so we're going to say these words together. God our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from your, and ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you, Father, forgive us save us and help us. For failing you by what we do and think and say, Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us, Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son, Father, forgive us, save us and help us. So may God, who loved the world so much that he sent his only Son to be our Saviour, forgive us our sins and restore us in his precious name. Amen. So we turn to our words for communion. The Lord is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to praise you, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love you made us for yourself. When we turned away you did not reject us, but came to meet us in your Son. We say together, you embraced us as your children and welcomed us to sit and eat with you. In Christ you shared our life that we might live in him and he in us. He opened his arms of love upon the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice for sin. And the night he was betrayed, supper with his friends, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave them, saying, take, eat. He said, my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His body is the bread of life. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His blood is shed for all. As we proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory, send your Holy Spirit upon us. This bread and this wine may be to us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, Make us one in Christ, our risen Lord. With the whole church throughout the world, we offer you the sacrifice of praise and lift our voice to join the eternal song of heaven as we say together, Holy, Holy, Holy Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, We are one body because we all share in one bread. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. We say together, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. So just as a reminder, communion station here, communion station at the back, and if you want non-alcoholic wine, Gluten free, please just indicate when you come to the front um, that's what you want. Can those that are helping come?